in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Welcome to the Uncommon Communicator Podcast. We are your hosts, Brandon Thompson, and I'm James Gable, here to bring enlightenment to the topic of communication. Yes, we are, James. We are here this afternoon to bring enlightenment to the topic of communication. Hey, slow down. Okay. We are here to bring enlightenment to the topic of communication, and I think we've actually got a good topic today. Hold on. Slow down. Slow down? Yeah. Okay. You're going going way too fast. Got it. Put the brakes on. Mm. I feel like I'm being suppressed right now. (laughs) I'm trying. You are hard to suppress. I will say that. Oh, yeah. No, dude. Bull and China Shop. Actually, did you know that the uh, the Mythbusters did the Bull and China Shop myth or whatever, and the bull actually avoided all the Japan China? Yeah, they're delicate yeah, cool. creatures. Anyway, so not Bull and China Shop. But yeah, no, I am hard to suppress. I'm bullheaded, but I'm not a Bull and China Shop. Headed. Which is just a great tie into us talking about parking brake communication or suppression of communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really thought about how some people are. You just can't slow them down. There's no. no there's no suppressing them. I have discovered that if you have something to say or have something to say, it's just best to say it. And there's times where you just have to drive that. You're like, okay, I'm going to get to my point, you know, come hell or high water. Yeah. You're going to get there. We're going to get there. Um, but so you threw out the term parking brake communication. It is a term that we have discovered from a marriage counselor, communication expert, dare I call him a professional, Dave Worthen. All right. Yeah, Dave Worthen. And we'll give him credit for it because that's where we discovered it. I don't know if he created that term. But the idea is talking about parking brake communication is that we often suppress or hold back information because we're trying to avoid a conversation. We're trying to avoid uh, we're trying to avoid that uncomfortable conversation. And or maybe we're trying to prove a point by withholding that information. Right. So it, when you want to say something to somebody and like, you, you know, like every now and then, like you kind of pump yourself up in a mirror or whatever, like, oh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to march in the room. And then you kick in the door and like, oh, this guy means business. He's got something to say. And then you just like coward your way out. And you say something entirely different. That is parking brake communication. Because um, I'm assuming everybody's at least driven with a parking brake on once in their lives, right? I would say every – you're talking about in a vehicle itself, yeah, right? Like, like the actual driving with a parking brake on. Like I'm not the only idiot that's done that, right? Which I would say it's harder to do in the newer vehicles. They won't let you move at all. Okay. They became so smart. They're like, no, idiot. You are not going anywhere until this beeping alarm goes off. But I would say, yeah, we've all driven with – especially if you had older vehicles, they were easy to do. You hop in there and you just – you know, you forget and you leave the parking brake on. Okay, so I'm not alone when I accidentally drove the old Ford Taurus – from the home to the bus stop in a bit of a panic because I was running late, tried to drive the car and was wondering why it was only going about five to 10 miles an hour. And you, so you're trying to get to school. I, get I, I was just, I, I woke up right. And I was trying to go down to the bus stop to get cash bus down to college. And I just, my, my normal car was in the shop. I never put the parking brake on my normal car. Cause it's not parked on the, the hill that is the driveway. So I took the four tires, but the four tires parked outside on the driveway. That's got a bit of the hill. And, uh, you know, because it's parked on a bit of a hill, the the people that are my parents were smart enough to put the parking brake on because that's what you do. I am dumb enough to not have taken the parking brake off because I was in a bit of a hurry. You just assume there's there's a problem with a car, right? I was, but I was you've like, got to get the school. What's going on? I was also driving through a neighborhood. So it's not like I'm going to fly like 50 through the neighborhood. I'm only going to hit like 20. So I was like, probably I probably hit like 10, 15 miles an hour. 
I was like, well, I guess this is fast enough. <laughs> so you're driving up. You're going to get to the uh, to the to the bus stop. Bus stop. Mm-hmm. You park. It's still not working great, right? Whatever. You put the parking brake on. I, I was like, no, I just put I just put the thing in parking. I grab my backpack and I got to got to bust the cash, man. And the the, the 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 high school bus drivers didn't care about my feelings when it came to getting to school on time, let alone the RT. You know, the, the Denver RTD people. They don't care about nothing. Um, but anyway, that is the experience that you will experience if you kind of withhold information or you don't say what's on your mind and you say something else instead, right? And it's different than biting your tongue. Sometimes when biting your tongue, you're you're maybe going to say something that was not appropriate or not everything that comes in our head has to be spoken. This is true. This is something a little bit deeper than that. It's about withholding information. It's about holding back on something. You know, it's it's that... I wish I had said, or I wanted to say, or I'm trying to find the right time to say it. It's that conversation. It's, it's not about biting your tongue saying, I want to say he's an idiot, yes. but I'm not going to. That's biting your tongue. That's different. Yeah. No, this, this is bringing a drag on your working relationship or your actual relationship, right? Like this, this is something that needs to be addressed that you are continually avoiding and not addressing. So in using this kind of parking brake uh, scenario of driving, for one, I'd hate to hear your dad, no, your dad, uh, to the, the talk you might have got about driving, because it damages the brake pads, for yes. one. I mean, you're doing some damage <laughs> in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it may not... Park it may not go into park as well as it did before because those are pads that wear out as well. So there, it, All it, things there is damage in college. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Real damage. Glad he that didn't happens. suppress that communication and he told me when I got home and he's like, "Why does the car smell like it's burning?" Ooh, pops. So pops did not suppress his communication. Uh, no, he made sure that his uh, little little turd of a son knew exactly what was going on. So that's clearly damaging, but in reference to kind of suppressing that information, and, and I've done that as well too, uh, been very guilty of it where instead of, and I wasn't holding or hiding anything, I just felt like there was not a free communication or even a good relationship. And I just didn't, I wasn't free with the information that I should have been giving to this individual. And in a lot of ways that ended up damaging the relationship because I, I withheld that information and realizing as a communicator, as an uncommon communicator, we do that. I did that in such a way that was not beneficial for that relationship. And we were able to work it out like months and months later, but there was so much farther we could have got had I had just been more open with my reasons why. Because we do end up with reasons why we withhold that information. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of twofold. You know, one is it uncomfortable, but the other one is we just want to prove a point that, you know, hey, if I don't share that with them, maybe they'll learn their lesson. There's that kind of prove your point side of it as well, too. Yeah. And but like the main focus just needs to be that this information will help move the relationship forward and or just like, you know, things will move smoothly, smoothly with this information being like shared, right? When the parking brake is on, the car is not going forward as fast as it should and things are not functioning properly. When the parking brake is disengaged, the car can go 75 miles an hour down the highway. And that's what you want in a lot of your, in your communication and in your relationships is you want these relationships to continue to move forward at the proper pace they were, you know, set to move. And if you were to withhold that information, it tends to fester a little. It does. Have, has you, have you seen that happen at work? Uh, yeah. So actually, so again, I work with a deaf, uh, coworker and he, and it's, it, it's good to be physical kind of at this job with a deaf coworker. It's a tight space, right? And because he is deaf, he doesn't quite have the same spatial awareness, right? Like he can't hear me behind him. He can't hear me say, yo, I'm going to be on your left, right? Like he, he can't hear that. 
So it's good to, you know, put like a hand on the shoulder, let them know, like a hand on the back, that like, don't like, don't move. Right. You know, if I need to open a refrigerator, like tap the knee, that way they can move it. Cause they can't be like, watch your toe, watch your toe. He, he ain't going to hear it. He's not going to hear it. Right. So it's good to just be like physical, right? Like just contactful. And I have another coworker that is very much no touchy, right? Just, he's not a very, he's an outgoing individual, but he's not outgoing with his, you know, contact feeling. Like he's not a hugger. It's probably a good way to say that. Um, and he's he, got his boundaries. He's he, got his boundaries. He's, right? And which is perfectly fine. You have to respect that, that that person doesn't like any other touch around them. Right. Doesn't, okay. doesn't necessarily want to touch other people. Doesn't necessarily want to be touched. Right. Understands that the circumstances can apply that and he will be touched and he's not going to freak out about it. But he also just, if he can avoid it, is going to avoid it. So putting these two in the little corner, that is our bar area where they need to make drinks and be around each other and, you know, zig and zag and up and down. Uh, it never occurred to me that it was going to cause a problem, but my, uh, deaf coworker came to me later and was like, he's, he's like running away from me. Like he, he's nervous. Like it, it, it makes everything like uncomfortable. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, does he not like me? Like, is he, he does he think I have a disease or something like this? Right. And it's just because he like, he would avoid, right. Like he, he's over, he's pulling some ninja type skills just to avoid and dodge <laughs> like Neo in the matrix. To not touch him because again, like, and, and to him, that's like a sign of like respect, right? Where it's just like, no, I'm not going to invade your bubble. I'm going to like avoid it. And my coworker, my deaf coworker, was like, I, I don't know if offended is a good way to phrase it, but like, he was very upset that that had happened. He's like, look, I don't know what's going on. Like, I feel personally like attacked. Like, he just doesn't like. He feels like he's like it's uncomfortable. He feels like uncomfortable. So they weren't clearly they were not communicating, right? Like they were they the parking brake was on. They were not saying what was going on with each other. So, but they, one of them did come to me. So then we had to go to the other one and be like, Hey, look, dude, like homie, homie can't hear you. So it's good to just be like a little physical with him, right? Like just to make contact, just that way, some form of communication happens. That way he knows what's going on here, what's going on there. Right. And so that, that's an instance where neither of them were talking. The parking brake was on, right? They were withholding information from each other. And communication was not occurring and they were not going anywhere fast and they probably missed their bus and they missed their class because they did not get downtown in time. Yeah, they smoked them breaks big time. Exactly. Right. Well, that's a great example of where it would fester. Mm-hmm. You know, if had that have continued and I can I think I can kind of empathize a little bit with your deaf coworker in that, you know, he probably he thinks people think he's icky or, you know, whatever it is. Why are they avoiding me? So there's all that lack of understanding that this under individual sees it kind of differently. But when you let these type of things go like they do, they fester and sometimes it leads to an explosion. Right. Yeah, so there's really two ways that this is this is going to. And it's either going to explode into something that didn't need to happen or uh, almost worse is that issue just sits there and dies. Maybe there's something that could have been worked out, but wasn't worked out and the relationships move on completely and you didn't have an opportunity. It just completely dies. Yeah. And that's, you know, so open lines of communication are important. And and the real reason why we put these parking brakes on is because these are un- un- like they're uncomfortable conversations to have. Right. Something is bothering you and it's because this individual is doing something or just, or has done something. And we don't like to put ourselves in in uncomfortable situations, right? Like it's, it's never fun to be uncomfortable. Uh, but at the same time, just like ripping off a bandaid, you need to, it needs to be set because otherwise you're going to be stuck there with the parking brake on and you're going to go nowhere fast. You're going to completely ruin the car which is never great. 
but you also have to understand that there's consequences to what you're going to say, right? So sometimes if you take the parking brake off, you can zoom 75 miles an hour into a tree and everything blows up anyway. But on the upside, you could probably get a new car. I like how you look at the positive on that. Well, yeah, right, because, you know, because it probably wasn't meant to be anyway. Or, like, you know, <laughs> both of you guys needed to get out of that car and move on. So if that's the case, then that's fine. But having a parking brake on is just like a slow death anyway. Well, and that's – so where we're at is how are we going to fix this, right? Mm-hmm. You've identified it now. We've seen that there's a problem. We know that there's a parking brake. And a parking brake is not like pumping the brakes on your car, slowing it down. Parking brake is intended to stop. And it stops and hurts conversations and relationships. So you, you are re- physically yanking up on that brake and not saying something. And the way to let it off is to let it off. Is like to it's actually on say something. or off. Mm-hmm. So your scenario of kind of ripping that Band-Aid off, that's great because it's time to address it. You need to rip that Band-Aid off before it explodes, before it dies. Yeah, exactly. Or even if, you know, it, before it explodes because the parking brake's on. If it explodes because the parking brake's off and you guys have open lines of communication – then that's probably a good thing and y'all don't need to be in each other's company and you can move on. Well, and if you set the parking brake and break and leave your car there uh, for somebody else to come and claim it, then you just given up, right? Yeah. So you're either going to you burn it and smoke it or you're just going to let let it go, right? You're just, this conversation's on, on brakes and we're never going to find it. So looking at that as an option, you need to rip that Band-Aid off, but there's a couple of things that you should do. And one is, you know, look at the right timing, be tactful about it. Mm -hmm. It goes back to, we're not talking about, you know, this biting your tongue uh, and thinking about, you know, how you're better going to word it, which you should do, but it's really about finding the timing in that situation where it's time to address it. Otherwise it's, it's going to become more uncomfortable as things move on. Like, what are you talking about? I don't remember that. Yeah. We're not that happened before too. We're not taking shots at people, right? This isn't one of those times where uh, someone does something that upsets you. And you're, you, you immediately lash back, right? This is one of those where someone can do something that upsets you and you can, you know, bite your tongue for the moment and be like, all right, this isn't the moment and then later address it. But the key is that you have to later address it as opposed to waiting too long and not addressing it at all. And the other thing is to really be clear and concise. And that should be in all of our messaging, you would think. Uh, but in this case, it really applies because sometimes when we think we have these uh, ideas in our head that we want to share with somebody that they're bugging us. Mm-hmm. We're not even clear in our head. If we can't communicate it to them, it's like, it's just, it's because it's you. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's not a good answer, right? No. It's what are the actions and what are the things that can be corrected? So be clear, be concise in your messaging, have that clear before you have that conversation. Yeah. And like, and especially the way you said it's you, right? When, when you, when you tell someone it's you, it's, you, you're very much like, that's an attack mode kind of situation, right? Like you are the problem, da, 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 da. When a lot of times they're not necessarily the problem, it's their actions that are the problem. It sounds really stupid to try and differentiate between those two, mm-hmm. but the actions are the problem and you should address the actions that are the problem, not the individual behind the actions, right? Cause the individual can change their actions. They don't have to do those things. Um, if they continue to do those things, then yes, the individual is the problem. But address the individual's actions, right? Like this happened. I felt uncomfortable because you didn't, you know, you, you were avoiding touching me, right? I felt like I was, I had a disease or something when you, I was around you, right? That is those kind of things, right? I, th- these are my experiences when, or in these moments and that you can share because they can't argue with your experiences. Now, if it's, you did this, you did that, that's not okay. It immediately puts them on the defensive, which then becomes their time to like deflect and have lockdown communication where they're just going to, where it's not going to move forward anyway. 
Where they, rather than put the parking brake on, they're just going to slam that car and park, and you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, and that's where you want to use all your good communication skills, you know, using your I statements instead of those, you know, pointing the finger at that. Be empathetic. You know, understand, try to understand where their point of view is coming from. And in doing that, you're going to be actively listening. Again, using all those skills in having that conversation with them. But you have to come to the point where it's time to address it. That's exactly it. You have to take the parking brake off, please. Now, there are always consequences. There are. And you have to be prepared for those as well, too. I know for me, which I probably overplay some scenarios too much, but you want to think about, like, what is the result of this conversation? Is it going to better both of us? That should always be that win-win idea. Is it going to better them sometimes and maybe even hurt that relationship? Sometimes that's, you know, that's the approach that you've got to take. If it's only about you and making your life easier, that's not a great approach Mm -hmm. in trying to address it. But there are consequences and be prepared for those results. It could end in a spot where, you know, you've addressed those things and realize that you can't work together for whatever differences that you might have, but you at least have to release that parking brake to not let that thing stall with where it's at. Yeah. And you're going to like, okay, okay. If it does end with, you know, the roads diverging, let's just say, right. It it ends with the roads diverging and y'all can't work together. It is better to have that be the case than y'all like forcefully trying to work together and force this car to go five miles an hour down the road with a parking brake on, right? Like that's just terrible for the car. It's more wear on you. It's more wear on them. And you're not going anywhere. But to realize that, hey, we're just going to part ways. That's great. Like, is that a consequence? And it does it suck sometimes to not have and not be able to work with individuals? Yes. You could, you, you know, you can still like the individual. That's cool. You're just not able to work with that individual. Um, and that can be a consequence. The other consequence is, is that y'all are just now going to sit in the car together. You're going to crank out the tunes. You're going to go down the highway 65 miles an hour. You're going to make it to California. You're going to go swim in the ocean. It's going to be a great time. That could be a consequence to the X2. But either way, you got to come to some kind of a resolution, right? If you're sitting there with a parking brake on, trying to go somewhere, trying to get to California, it's going to be a long drive. It's going to be a long trip filled with smoke and fire. Yes. And, but- and bad smelling rubber. Yeah. Yes. There's not good smelling rubber either. <laughs> oh, no. I think the guys at Big O would argue against that. <laughs> they they I, love that those, smell, those huh? Fresh tires, it's the smell of money. Yeah. But the idea is if you apply these principles and you get in there and do that nine times out of ten, and I've had this I've had this conversation where somebody said, I'm glad we talked about it. I've used those words. Yeah. Man, I'm glad we finally talked about that. Nine times out of ten. It's probably a higher percentage than that. But you're going to get to that point where you're you're glad that you've released that, that you ripped the Band-Aid off and that you can move forward with it. So why not get it over with earlier? Don't let those things fester because if you let them fester, they're going to explode or they're going to die. You don't want that to happen. And if you apply these principles correctly, you're going to be better off any way that you look at it. Mm-hmm. 100 P. 100 P, yes. What, what do you see as a UC moment for today? Just take the parking brake off, man. Or don't drive with the parking brake. Just good, solid, like, driving advice as well as communication advice. Don't drive with the parking brake. That's all I got. That's all I got. See, see you. Bye. bye.